I mean, I think I would say just the act of creating something, even if it's not the success that you imagine or wish it could be, and whatever that means, whatever success means to you, the very act of doing it and putting yourself out there opens up other doors. It allows you to connect with other people. It allows you to learn skills that you didn't have before. And I find that things come along that would not have come along if I didn't try to put myself out there and create, you know, things that I want to create. It doesn't mean the thing I create is going to wind up with 3 million views like that one thing did. One of my favorite videos I ever made ended up with like 4,000 views, but I love it. It just, it, it pleases me personally. But, you know, in the process, I learned stuff on that shoot and other people saw it. And you know, I met somebody here, I met somebody there and putting yourself out there, Think positive things often come of it. Negative things can come of it too. I mean, that's life. Life is dirty. Life is messy. But, you know, sitting back and doing nothing, that's, that's not going to help you. Hey, I'm Jade Ellison, a multi-passionate creative based out of New York City who's obsessed with personal development and anything business from marketing, branding, creating online programs to launches and helping you step into your true self so that you can share your gifts with the world. Gain insights with manifesting, creating life on purpose and get ready to elevate yourself in ways that will surprise even you. Included in your weekly dose of inspiration, get ready to be entertained, uplifted, and encouraged to take action with simple and easy to apply tips, tools, and strategies that fit into your busy daily life, sprinkled with some woo-woo along the way. From embracing your confidence to mastering success habits, setting achievable goals, and ways to harness positive mindsets and beliefs so that you can kick self-doubt and your inner critic to the curb where they belong. Whatever's on the topic call sheet, I'll help you navigate the raw, messy, and sometimes hilarious truths of achieving success, abundance, and happiness, all while encouraging you to become the best version of yourself. So think of me as your go-to girlfriend, talking over some coffee, getting real, and giving you some amazing advice to go from hot mess to thriving success. This is the Uber Savvy Life and Biz Podcast. Hey, welcome back to the Uber Savvy Life and Biz Podcast, where together we'll unlock your true potential to design the life and business of your dreams. I'm your host, Jade Ellison, and today we have our very special guest, Gary Lee Mahmood. He's obviously British, and he's the one who actually referenced in the secret session of episode one, Five Steps to Accomplish Your Big Dreams and Goals Through Stressful Times. So for those of you who might not know, who kind of jump off of episodes, right? When you start to hear that outro music, I would highly suggest to stick around and see any bloopers I might throw in or any secret sessions, because if you did stick around for that secret session on episode one, you would have heard that he was the one who instilled in me, you know what, I'm going to go into this thing and I'm just going to F this shit up. Oh, which by the way, if you are listening and you have any kids in the room or you might be in public, you might want to put some earphones on because there might be some adult language in this episode. And I respect all the listeners and any little young folks around. So just make sure that you do that. So Gary, welcome to the show. It's so great to have you. Thank you. I'm glad you finished your warning about kids with you might want to put uh, headphones on them. And so uh, <laughs> thank you. Appreciate well, it. and Gary, you have two kids of your own, don't you? I do. Yes. But I still like making bad jokes. Gary is known to make bad jokes. We'll try to keep them. <laughs> we'll try to Gary keep them more G-rated. <laughs> we'll try to keep them G-rated. Actually, 
And you know what? Let me just give a little bit about Gary's background. So Gary and I met, we're both actors and we both came from white collar type jobs, I would say, prior to both of us diving into acting at different times of our careers. And after graduating college with a political science degree, Gary spent six years working in Congress before doing something more useful with his life, which was to become an actor. You've probably seen him playing white collar roles in New York dramas like Blue Bloods, New Amsterdam, FBI Most Wanted, The Sinner, Jessica Jones, and Law and Order. That's a pretty lengthy roster that you played on, Gary. And even though he's a clown at heart, often playing the high status idiot or quick witted jerk appearances on TV comedies, including the last OG search party, friends from college. Oh, I love that show. The late show with Stephen Colbert and also his online sketches for the onion above average, the dad college humor. I love college humor, major league baseball. Gary has written and produced his own sketch comedy videos seen by millions and shared by numerous outlets, including Time Magazine, ABC News, The Hollywood Reporter, Adweek, Entertainment Weekly, and many others. I would say that typically the listeners that come on to this particular podcast are listening to find out about how to build a life and business of their dreams. But the reason I'm having Gary on the show is because he has really instilled that whole idea of showing up as you are and putting the tea for truth when it comes to living life. And that's actually what I'd love to speak to him about today, playing daddy duty, showing up when you can for yourself. I mean, it's 10 o'clock at night on the East Coast, Eastern, Eastern Standard Time, even though he said Eastern Daylight Time before. And also doing things for yourself when it comes to creating your own productions or showing up for your own business and also not really caring about the outcome. So, Gary, did you know that you had that effect on me? I didn't realize it and I'm honored, but more importantly, I'm grateful that you just took and ran with it and are booking. I think that's wonderful. And I'm glad you've booked so much since then. So good, because I, you know, so often just people just kind of get in their own way and you just went and started doing it and congratulations. Thank you. And I mean, congratulations to you. You've booked a ton of work in acting and you actually didn't only book work in acting, you started your own production company and you've worked with a lot of cast and directors. And I'm not even sure if actors who are in your wheelhouse and follow you or other people who might be tuning in realize that when you do create something for yourself, it does have an effect with drawing success in other parts of your life. But before jumping into this episode, if you would like weekly inspiration and would like to stay up to date when new episodes like this release, check out jadeellison.com and sign up for the VIP insider list where you'll get access to your empowered morning mindset checklist, an awesome free download that you'll get for just signing up and it will give you your ultimate caffeine-free boost to supercharge your mornings for success. So as I mentioned... I have to say the website the website is beautiful. It is. It looks gorgeous. It's like I'm in a West Elm catalog. You're the best, Gary. Thank you so much. And you know, this episode is all about you. But yes, he is right. You should definitely check out the website if you haven't gone yet. So <laughs> I used to see Gary at auditions years ago. I would say 2015, 2016. That was like a really tough time for me. And I had been bumping into Gary. We, I believe, were paired up at a callback as a as a, the parents for kids. 
and you ended up booking it with someone else. I think it was H.H. Gregg. Do you remember that? Yeah, it was great. And we had a great time. And they flew us down to Florida and they paid well. And, you know, as an actor, I get to show up and goof off. There was some improv and they used some of my improv lines. And I, I worked with other great actors in the scene. Everybody was really cool about just playing around. And we had a good time. And unfortunately, you weren't in the scene with me. They had you as more of like the, the spokeswoman role. So we didn't really get to play directly with each other, but whatever, still. That was, I do remember that. And I, but I do remember us all being at the same hotel and like having dinner together after our shoot, which was fun. And we ended up at a much nicer hotel. The first hotel that they had us at, at that particular shoot. And I, this is not on the production side at all. I mean, obviously productions are going to do what they can to put us in safe areas or put us in a hotel that is within their budget but the first hotel that they had is that and i don't even think that they read the reviews i feel so bad even saying this but there was like it was just not good conditions and i i said something believe it or not and then the second time we were all back we all ended up at the marriott so it was a much nicer hotel so you're welcome i think it's about to say i reaped the benefits so thank you you absolutely did i think we were on the executive floor and had like free starbucks coffee and i never drink coffee so that was wasted on me so No, not at all. So, all right. What I wanted to share with the listeners who are tuning into this particular episode is I just want to know what was the moment that you decided to jump into acting, why you would have left Congress to do this as a career, and then when you actually went to create your own production company and that point, like how that transitioned to potentially even booking more work because you started creating your own stuff? Sure. Um, I was always a class clown in school. I was always, I was the Bart Simpson. I was in trouble all the time. My grades weren't that great. And uh, in high school, I kind of, you know, buckled down a little bit and got better grades, you know, really kind of because my dad pressured me a lot. You know, he's, he's an immigrant from Egypt. And for anybody listening who has an immigrant parent, especially from a third world country, you know, it's, get good grades, go to college, be a doctor or a lawyer or something. I mean, you, I'm sure you know the idea if you've, if you've been in that. A hundred percent. I'm half Egyptian too. So yeah. Yeah. There you go. So, uh, you know, I sort of buckled down and I did what I guess I thought I was supposed to do, which is, you know, get good grades and go to college. I studied political science down in DC and I uh, graduated and got a desk job in Congress. And my dad was very proud. You know, that, that's what you're supposed to do. And I'm like, okay. And, and I was sort of interested in politics. Uh, so it was fine for me. Um, but having, you know, worked in there and see how the sausage is actually made, it's, uh, ugh, ugh, you, you don't ever want to see it. It's gross. And it's not a, a Democrat or Republican thing. It's both. They all, ugh, whatever. I could uh, only imagine. And that was a long time ago too. Uh, yeah. But it was it, still the same thing back then. It was just like. Oh yeah. I mean, it, okay. politics is politics. It's just, it's a whole different set of incentives for people that work in that arena. It just, it's very, very different from, you know, a free market enterprise type thing. Uh, so anyway, I did that for about six years and about three or four years in, I kind of made the decision. I, I'd read a book at the time where near the end of the book, this character had had one job his whole life doing what he thought he was supposed to do and what everybody expected. And then near the end, he tries to go back to being an artist, which is what he wanted to do. And he shows his art to a friend. He's like 55, 60 at the time. And the friend said, you know, I can see that you had it at some point and you never used it. What book was this? Oh, The Fountainhead. Okay, cool. Do you know the author? 
it Ayn Rand, the Fountainhead. But I, I don't, I didn't want to say the book because I know she just is such a people either love her, or they hate her, and I'm not trying to alienate anybody here. If you like her, great. If you don't, whatever. I'm not trying to push her thing here. If 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 you like her, great. If not, that's fine too. It's not the point of the story. I just I read a book and it inspired me, and uh, okay. I was about three or four years in. And I didn't want to wake up one day and be like 60 or 70, regret not having given it a try. But it took then an additional two years for me to finally build up the courage to just be like, all right, I'm actually going to go and do this. And I walked into the chief of staff's office one day and I said, you know what, I'm going to move to New York and be an actor. And you know, he laughed a bit and I said, no, I'm, I'm serious. And that was it. Um, I left. I didn't go to school for this sort of thing. I had no clue what I was doing. I didn't perform at all in college. And I just kind of pounded the pavement, learned and hit any audition I could find and asked questions of everybody and kind of figured it out as I went. And it's the best decision I ever made. I had a blast. That's incredible. So you literally, did you take any improv classes or any acting classes at all? Since after I moved, yes. But I did start when I was in DC doing some improv comedy on the side with a troupe that I joined. Cool. So I did start to have that a bit. But of course, you know, I went to New York and I did the UCB thing and I took class of the wonderful lady Carol Fox Prescott, who still teaches online, by the way. She is a treasure and she's wonderful and I'm forever indebted to her. So I took classes with her and uh, it, it helped. It helped me be better, like you know, learning from a good person would. And uh, I just, like I said, I just started going to auditions, doing whatever I could, you know, learning as I went and kind of throwing caution to the winds and started making my own stuff after a while. So you knew that you wanted to do comedy, though, from the beginning. I mean, comedy is my thing. What I, what I wanted to do is to be able to be on camera, play around and get paid for it. Ideally, I'd much rather do comedy. I mean, my dream was SNL. I mean, that would be would have been amazing. But I was 29 years old when I finally made the decision to move. And I really didn't even know how to get on SNL. And I think by the time I finally was like, okay, maybe I can put something together. I figured ah, I'm kind of too old. They're not going to want me at this point anyway, but that's fine. I've made my own stuff and I've had a blast doing it. That's awesome. That's awesome. And you know, going back to you inspiring me when I originally, and I shared this just vaguely in the end of my first episode with that secret session. But so Gary and I, when we met, I was at a low, very low, low. And Gary, I had mentioned actually him in another episode where he inspired me to do the J.D. Bunt show, which is my very low sketch comedy show that I have on YouTube because I also wanted to be on SNL. And I was like, Lauren Michaels is totally going to find this and I'm going to tag him and he's going to find this. And I'm going to thank Gary when I win my like Emmy Award one day. <laughs> when I win my best SNL -er award. <laughs> So you wanted to be, so you like making people laugh. Yeah, I, I love doing that. I love telling jokes, getting reactions, you know, it, it, I just like having a fun time. That's all. And now you're playing daddy duty. Yeah, I'm a dad now. I got two kids. That's incredible. It really wasn't that hard. It took five minutes of my time each time. Five, five minutes. I mean, really just putting it on the table, Gary. Or maybe the bed. I don't know. But a <laughs> There you go. <laughs> SNL, you missed out. I mean, they really did. We would have totally brought it to a whole new level. Halfies. We could have been the halfy group. Could have, yeah. And so I'm half yeah. Egyptian, half Filipino. You're half Egyptian in what? Uh, my mom's side is Eastern European, uh, Russian, Polish. And that is not at all in uh, opposites with being part Muslim and part Catholic at all. Oh, yeah, no, my, my father is raised Muslim and my mother's side is, is Jewish. So yeah, that, that was a lot of fun at family reunions. So was there a, a, men, a menorah? And Oh yeah, yeah. I, my mom had a menorah, yeah. 
My dad, uh, being raised Muslim, had a Christmas tree, naturally. I know that you're not kidding because we had this conversation. No, I'm 100% <laughs> serious. He, he would bring a Christmas tree during Christmas. Like, we are having this is an American holiday. We do Christmas tree. I'm like, okay, whatever you want, Dad. Just as long as I get presents, you can have anything you I want. I love that you're saying this because my dad also loves to decorate the Christmas tree because he married my very Catholic mom. They shouldn't hang out, our dads. They'd probably make each other laugh. So do you, I've shared, I've asked this before. Do you get your comedy from your dad? Absolutely not. My father's horrified at the things that I do, the shirts that I wear, the things that I say, just, he doesn't get it at all. So it's not from him. I don't know where it's from. He's like, where did you learn this? Yeah. So I, my comedy comes from my dad. He grew up with six sisters. So being around women, I feel like he's either listening to me and he gives really good advice or he just zones out and it feels like he's listening to me. So I feel bad for a lot of my girlfriends who don't have good relationships with their dads because I'm like, I don't mm. know what that's like. Like I've always had a great relationship with my dad, but now that I think about it, he's probably just zoning out and it seems like he's a good listener, you know? All right. So I would like to know when <laughs> were you just, Oh, you were just, I get it. Oh, that was acting. See, that's why I'm transitioning into doing a lot more coaching online because I like, I want to help others create and put stuff out there. And what I find that you do that's really good is just showing up as yourself and creating things. So why don't we talk about that for a second? So you transitioned into acting and then you ended up doing your production company called Cringe Factory, right? Cringe Factory. Yep. Cool. So talk about that. The, you know, the first, we, I didn't even start with the idea of like making a production company. You know, the idea was just, I wanted to make a funny video. It came from being on the subway all the time. And you know, when you're on the subway and somebody comes on the car and says, I'm sorry to bother everybody, but I'm homeless. And, you know, could you spare some change or whatever? And I mean, sometimes it's a real person who's genuinely down on his or her luck, and you know, I want to help them. And sometimes it's not. Sometimes just somebody, you know, running a scam. And I'm not good enough to figure out the times when it is or it isn't. But you see it a lot on the subway. And I'd always wonder what would happen if two of those people ended up in the same subway car at the same time. Like they're both trying to beg at the same time and going past each other. And I said, you know, I wonder what that would look like, uh, you know, if it actually happened. So I ended up shooting that. Uh, we got in a subway with me and a few friends. We all got our cell phones and uh, we kind of created this sketch where progressively more and more ridiculous beggars come on the car asking for money. And it's called Panhandler Party. And uh, you can find it on YouTube. And when I made it, I thought, you know, if this gets like 5,000 views, I'll consider it success. And it's ended up with over 3 million. And it got shared in so many places. I couldn't believe it. And immediately people started saying like, uh, calling me from production companies and from uh, uh, websites and and newspapers like, oh, we'd love to talk about this with you. I got on a radio show. Um, uh, I think it was uh, an NPR show in New York. And I was talking about it with the host. It, it, was, it was insane. It was nothing like what I ever expected it would be. So then I thought, oh, well, this is easy. I'll just do this all the time and get 3 million views for each video. And da, da, it's not that easy. But, you know, we, we've had a couple of successes since then. And in between, we've made some fun videos that, you know, even if they didn't get a huge bunch of views, I've personally enjoyed. And, you know, I'd love to say that we do it regularly, but it, it's so sporadic. Me and um, or rather my co-producer and I, we each have other lives, other responsibilities. So every once in a while, we get together and do something. But Right now, we're starting up again. We're going to do a podcast. You were just my guest on my new podcast. It's called My Worst Audition. 
where I want to hear from my fellow actors about the worst audition stories they've ever had, the cringiest or the saddest or the most horrific, because I know I have a ton of them. And I thought it might be just fun to listen to, and we'll see what happens with it. You certainly have a lot more cringy, hilarious auditions when you were sharing your examples with me. When I was on his show just before, I was sharing things, and I thought, wow, this isn't as horrible as I want it to be. He's like, yeah, gee, that doesn't sound that bad. Yeah, so you got the part and you got paid. Huh, that doesn't sound like a bad audition, Jade. <laughs> it was more so the roles that I ended up taking that I was like, oh, God, why did I do that? But hey, you know, you live and learn, right? So yeah. I love that you're sharing this because you're basically saying that you were inspired to do that thing, that panhandler thing, which I think is a brilliant idea. And it ended up getting those three million plus views. And I feel like those particular things that go viral, those happen when you go from a place of that intuitive, inspired action. And I talk about that a lot on this particular podcast. So now that you're a dad and working with your co-producer to just get those particular projects out when you can or when you get that inspiration, how do you show up when you can? I mean, like I said earlier when we started it was we started at 10 p.m. at night because you had to put your kids to sleep. You were playing daddy duty. I think it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Tell us about that, playing daddy duty and then showing up when you can to fit in what your passions are. I know. I mean, I feel like it's something so many people around the country do. A lot of people have kids. This is nothing, you know, new. And you find a way to work around it. And, you know, my kids are great. We live in a wonderful modern age where. As much as I definitely try to avoid doing this, if I need to get something done, television can be a babysitter as much as I don't ever really want to do that. So as much as we try to limit it, occasionally it has to happen. But thankfully, you know, we've moved out of the city. We're in a nice neighborhood and I can always say, hey, you know, daddy's trying to figure something out here. Can you go ride your bike for a little bit? And, you know, the kids can do that. We have a backyard. They can go play. And other than that, you know, I... I do what a dad does. You know, we go to the library sometimes, you know, we go outside and play ball together and read them a book and they're great. They, they kind of take care of themselves a lot and I can find time to, you know, if it's, if it's important, you make the time to do it. It's not that big of a deal. And uh, so that's, you know, that's what I try to do. I think that's fantastic. So they, are they best friends? Absolutely not. Uh, they hate each other half the time. <laughs> it's a, you know, seven-year-old girl and uh, oh, nearly five-year-old boy and uh, half the time just at each other's throats. Just, yeah, very, very different personalities. And how was that being that you were an only child having to raise the two? Well, I mean, that was something that I was saying from the very beginning when we had kids. I'm like, we can't stop at one because as I think I mentioned to you on my podcast, I was raised an only child and then I became an actor and it took having a child of my own to finally understand, oh no, the world does not revolve around me. So uh, I didn't want to give that to my daughter where it's like, oh yeah, you're the only person in existence and you should never think of anybody else. No, 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 you're, you're, you're wonderful and I love you and you're the most special thing to me in the entire world. But as far as the world is concerned, you're not that special. So let's get that mindset going correctly right there. So are you are you sharing that with her at a younger age? At as young as seven, I don't, that... I don't outright say that. Okay. <laughs> no, I, I tell her every day, you know, that that I love her and she's wonderful and she's, you know, so precious to me. But I, I definitely don't want her to get the idea that everything she requests at any given moment is going to be handed to her. That, you know, everything everybody else does is going to be centered around her because it's not. And life doesn't work that way. So don't don't go in for the next, you know, 18 years assuming that that's how it is. And 
thankfully having a little brother shows every day. I don't need to say it. It shows every day that there are other things that have to get attention other than her. So she, she knows and she's great. She's wonderful. She's very mature. That's amazing. So it's not like you're a rainbow starshine princess of joy every single day. I mean, in my eyes, she always is, but you know, you're like, fold your laundry. I'm kidding. (laughs) That's amazing. Well, you're lucky. I didn't have kids. I have four furry kids. So I think that that's a blessing when you're able to have human kids. I mean, I say human kids, but obviously they're kids, right? We can speak of my human children. And that brings us to the middle of the episode. If you're enjoying this episode, if you could share it with three friends who you feel would like this episode, as well as give it five stars on the podcast app you're listening to, it would be incredibly helpful for the show to get in front of more like-minded listeners like yourself. And I can continue to bring great guests like Gary and ongoing content like this. And don't forget to visit my website, jadeellison.com to grab your free Empowered Morning Mindset checklist and also to get some weekly inspiration delivered straight to your inbox. So let's talk about not caring about the outcome or not giving an F because like now that you have kids, you do, you do give a fuck, like you do care. And I think that that's really cool. Like watching your evolution go from the friend who instilled that. And when I share to not give an F, what I'm saying is, is it's not like don't care and don't show up as your best self. Cause I'm always talking about showing up as your highest and best self, but Gary like literally means like, he's like, I don't care about the outcome. So why don't you talk about that just for a moment when it comes to external circumstances that you don't have control over? Well, that's something that I had to learn the hard way when I first started acting. I've spent the first year in the business again, not knowing what I was getting into. And I went to every audition trying to be everything to everyone. And I wasn't booking. And I finally decided, you know, if I'm going to go down, I'm just going to go down being myself and and do what I want to do. And it was, uh, it made a total difference. It was a complete flip. It was a 180. And I later learned, you know, I'd gotten into a, a class run by a major casting director in the city. And she explained something to me. And she said, you know, I, I sit here and I watch casting for a role and, and I'll see 20, 30, 40 actors come in for it. And they're all good actors. If, if we're bringing them into this major network that I cast for, we're not bringing in schlubs off the street. We're bringing in actors who can handle themselves, who, who know what they're doing. So I'm seeing 30 or 40 of them for this one part. I don't want to get the same read from every single person. I don't want the same audition from every single person. I'm going to be bored out of my mind. Show me something different. And that doesn't mean, you know, if the role is for, you know, a reporter on a newspaper, say, I can't believe we're here on the moon, and then like crack an egg over your head. I mean, yeah, sure, that's different, but it's completely out of character and doesn't make sense. But bring something of your own personality to it, because even if you're not right for this role, I will at least remember you. And I think, you know, that person wasn't right for this role, but I remember him for that one. So you know, it changed my mindset, like go in and just be myself and bring whatever I'm bringing to it. And just accept that so much of this is dumb luck, at least in our line of work, you know, in, in the acting business. And I always try to look at it like, um, like baseball. I don't know if you know baseball at all, but if, if you miss seven out of 10 times when you're at bat, you're going to the hall of fame. That's a 300 batting average. If you fail seven out of 10 times, if I could fail nine out of 10 times, that's amazing. I'm doing great. So you can't go in thinking every time, oh, I better do this right, that right, because it's going to come off fake. And it's just, it's not going to be authentic. And that just applies to our business. In other businesses, it may be different, but I'm just thinking of ours. It 100% applies to any business. It applies to, I started coaching 
I, when the world closed a couple of years ago, I created an online program, Spotlight Your Biz on Camera, and I coached a lot of spiritual, creative female entrepreneurs with their confidence on camera. So you saying showing up as your authentic self, not caring about trying to make it perfect and just being who you are, that's literally what I coach others to do with the toolbox that I have in that particular program. And you naturally have that. And I'm curious if you think it was from your upbringing, having two completely different parents, or if you feel like it was college or working at Congress, or just kind of like the whole soup of life that gave you the Gary that you are. Because like, I, I don't know. I mean, I wish I knew where it came from. And I wish I could say it was something that I'd, I'd always done. It was something that I, there were times in, you know, when I was trying to, like I said, be everything to everyone. It was never like an instinctive thing for me, but it was finally like, okay, I've reached the bottom of the barrel. I've seen that me trying to present something that I thought everybody wanted to see and expected isn't really working. And it's not fun for me either. And it's stressful, you know? So the best I can do is in my old job on the Hill, we had a saying in our office, kind of an unofficial motto, take your work seriously. Don't take yourself too seriously. So I always try to prepare, get my lines down, study the character, do any research I can and make sure I have it down as best I can. Then once I'm in the room, throw it away. Don't worry about it too much because at that point, there's nothing I can do anyway. And it's kind of up to the stars. And let me just go and, and be me and show what, what I bring to the situation, my unique personality. And it will show through. I promise you, if you're just being yourself, it will show through. And that's far more interesting than any prepared, special presentation that you think you're trying to make. I love that. And, you know, that was actually, it, it's not only helpful, I feel, for anyone tuning in, but also for myself to remember that. For Gary's episode, I was a lot more, I was... <laughs> I say this with so much love, like I'm a lot more playful and laid back because I know it's a comedic, entertaining podcast where with my podcast, of course, it's entertaining. It's also to inspire, uplift and encourage you to step into your true self and create the life and business of your dreams, all while still being truthful to who you are and showing up in your own authentic way. And what I'm hearing you say is like, it's okay to be messy when you show up. Yeah. I mean, to me, messy is more interesting anyway. You know, I kind of, I always figure if I'm going to mess up, mess up big. <laughs> Make a mark so that they remember you. For better or worse, I'll be remembered. <laughs> for the better. I would always say for the better. So what, <laughs> that's, that's so from a movie right now. So if you could have anything in terms of, like you're set, this is, you want to create something with acting as your main goal, or would you want to create something big with your production? Like what would be an ideal for you? I mean, I, Jay, the easy thing in the world for me would just be to keep getting cast and stuff. I can just show up and play pretend and get paid for it. Absolutely. Like a child. That would be great. It's so much fun. Yes. But I have been at this for 15 years now, and it's nice when I book the work, but it's nowhere near steady enough. So if that means making more of my own work to try to make that happen, sure, I'm happy to do it. But, you know, that involves a lot of extra work. That involves setting up the shoot, casting it, administrative things, you know, payroll, editing, stuff that I will do because there's nobody else is going to do it. But it's not fun for me. 
Right. And because you have that professional training behind you to be able to do it and follow it through, like you have that mindset where you had that corporate job, you had to show up, you had to do the work. And then like you did things A through Z. I feel like I I share a lot of that with you. Would you say <laughs> you're like, do you, Jade? Would you say that you probably do more than me? I, I I I do the bare minimum just to get the thing made and shot and out there. It it doesn't look pretty, but it gets done. There's this Sanskrit quote that I know. It's called Om Daksham Namah, and I learned it from like my Oprah Deepak meditations. I do those meditations every day, and Om Daksham Namah means uh, maximum benefit with least effort. So that's basically what you would love. <laughs> yep. If there was a Gary Sanskrit affirmation, Sanskrit, I hope I'm saying that right. That's like the yes, first. I, I watched Indiana Jones and Temple of Doom. I know it's, how it's okay, pronounced. So that's the, that's the first written language in stone, like apparently. Oh, I think, I think I may have heard that somewhere. Okay. <laughs> so I'm serious. I think I heard that somewhere. I don't know if it's true or not. I mean, well, it was on the internet, so it has to be true. That's amazing. That's amazing. So... What would you say for anyone listening who might want to create their own work or step into something different? We may have several actors listening in, casting directors, as well as entrepreneurs or anybody who might want to be creating their business online. What would you say would be something that you could give to them that would help give them that nudge to create something from themselves? Just the act of creating something even if it's not the success that you imagine or wish it could be and whatever that means, whatever success means to you, the very act of doing it and putting yourself out there opens up other doors. It allows you to connect with other people. It allows you to learn skills that you didn't have before. And I find that things come along that would not have come along if I didn't try to put myself out there and create, you know, things that I want to create. It doesn't mean the thing I create is going to wind up with 3 million views like that one thing did. One of my favorite videos I ever made ended up with like 4,000 views. But I love it. It just, it, it pleases me personally. But, you know, in the process, I learned stuff on that shoot and other people saw it. And you know, I met somebody here, met somebody there. And putting yourself out there, think positive things often come of it. Negative things can come of it too. I mean, that's life. Life is dirty. Life is messy. But, you know, sitting back and doing nothing, that's that's not going to help you. Yeah, that's like stagnant, stale water. You want to keep the momentum going because energy and motion is your emotion and you want to move forward with your emotions. I love that. Gary, it was awesome to have you on the show. I'm going to leave our listeners with this amazing quote. Trust your own instinct. Your mistakes might as well be your own instead of someone else's. Billy Wilder. Oh, that's good. I like that. Awesome. So just to recap what we listened to with our incredible special guest, Gary Lee Mahmood, our British friend, I'm kidding. We discussed the four truths to live by daddy duty, showing up when you can, not caring about the outcome, Om Dak Sham Nama, and producing your own work and just showing up in a way it's better to produce and do it messy than not do something at all. Gary, it was awesome to have you. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks for having me, Jade. And everyone, thank you so much for tuning in to the Uber Savvy Life and Biz podcast. That was awesome. Stay committed to your vision, take consistent action, and know that great things are on the other side of that door. Because remember, only you hold the key to unlock your dream life. So why not start today? I'll see you next time. 
can I just say you're awesome. You just finished an episode of the Uber Savvy Life and Biz podcast. If you like this episode, feel free to leave a nice review and rate it five stars if you found it helpful. But if not, please don't rate it four stars. Just ignore this part. However, if you did like it, make sure you share it with a friend who may find some value in the topics discussed today. Be sure to share it with them because you never know who you could uplift. Also, if you want more, check out the show notes in the description, which would include any links that may have been mentioned in this episode. Are you still listening? Are you waiting for a blooper reel? That'd be a really fun idea to throw in times. But seriously, are you tired of foggy mornings? Go to jadeellison.com to grab your ultimate caffeine-free boost to supercharge your mornings for success. That's right, your empowered morning mindset checklist. Y'all, great day is just a thought away. You're the best, Gary. That was freaking awesome. That was fun. I liked it. I know that was like probably more serious than what you normally do. Gary might. <laughs> no, you got to say the last part, Gary Jade. would drop his pants for food or just because. I mean, Gary. <laughs> All right, I'm going to stop this. There you go. Thanks, Jade. <laughs>